forward to Shabbos this week, but aren't we also looking forward to tomorrow at 2 p.m.? Yes, please God, the Max will be playing again tomorrow at 2 p.m. At least <laughs> that's what we're all hoping, that March Madness, which has taken over our lives and has you know basically turned into Corona Madness, does not cancel anything, and we're able to get a little reprieve tomorrow at 2 o'clock and watch our YU Max play. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. There is a lot going on on this planet. You know, I've joked before that we're all in this together, whatever that this is. But let me tell you something, folks. We are really all in this together. Um, There is a social responsibility that we all have to each other to make sure to be absolutely vigilant when it comes to... Um, when it comes to our health and it comes to each other's health. And I mean that sincerely. We're all going to get through this. We really are. But we're only going to get through it if we get through it together. And that means making sure to take all necessary precautions to keep you and the people around you and the people around them and the people around them and the people around them safe and healthy. Hand washing, 20 seconds, soap and water, not a joke. If you have Purell or some kind of, you know, disinfectant hand spray, hand sanitizer, if you're one of those lucky people who still has, um, make sure to use it. Make sure to share it with someone else. It's only good hygiene. It's only good practice right now. And as communities continue to come out with additional, um, I don't want to call it legislation, but we'll call it guidelines as to how we are going to proceed as communities, it shouldn't be seen as um, extensive. It shouldn't be seen as dramatic. It should be seen as responsible, responsible to each other as a community and as individuals. And so I really encourage everyone to make sure to be vigilant about being sanitary, keeping each other healthy, taking precautions you wouldn't necessarily take, wondering whether mass transit is the way to go, whether you should be driving to a particular location, or frankly, when you should wonder whether you need to go to that location at all. There's something about that as well. So I continue to wish everyone, I mean, I joked on Facebook this week that we should all have a happy and healthy Purim. I'm looking for a happy and a healthy Thursday. And then after that, a happy and a healthy Friday. And certainly a happy and a healthy Shabbos. I think this Shabbos, a lot of people wondered what Parsha Zachor was going to look like in their shul. And I think a lot of people wondered what Shabbos was going to look like last week in their shul. Well, I would imagine Shabbos is going to look even more different this week. And this is our reality for now. So let's all be responsible to each other and take the necessary measures. And by taking those measures, we will all get through this together. Yoni Pollock joins me this morning. Actually, Avrami just asked him a a great question. Being that Yoni is uh, the... I already forgot. Yes. Good morning to you. (laughs) Being that Yoni is a host of a... is the host of after further review which airs monday mornings at 10 a.m and really goes through (laughs) all of the sports that have taken place in the past week well the nba just shut down its season which by the way was a real eye-opener 
to every teenage boy out there, and I mean that sincerely, right, including in my own house, who, like, didn't really understand how all of this was going to affect him, except for the fact that we're, I would say, 50% done with our Pesach shopping 36 hours after Purim, and then all of a sudden, his beloved calves are no longer playing, and all of a sudden, the entire season is shut down. And my daughter, who's as as many people know, is a rabid Ranger fan, is only waiting for the NHL to make their statement this morning. So, Yoni, what does what does sports reporting look like at this point? I think I'm off now for the next few weeks, is right? You and every sports reporter out <laughs> I think there. That's what it is. Well, I know that um, that um, spring training is going on right now. Business as usual is what I heard for the for Major League Baseball. I heard that this morning on the news. So I guess they play in the open air. I have no idea. Nah, my prediction is it's all it's all going to be gone in a short time. Once the NBA did it, I think the NHL is going to follow suit. March Madness is not going to exist. And baseball's going to be pushed back. I think they have to at this point. So you think that the NCAA is just going to have to cancel March Madness? I, I mean, I don't know how you don't after seeing what the NBA just went through. So Right. I hear that. The um, Which will make tomorrow, which will make disapp- many, many, many disappointed people across this country. But I guess in terms of what people are already disappointed with, changes in wedding plans and smachot and all of this other stuff and you know, decisions that people are making in the 11th hour because we need to make real decisions to keep each other safe. Um, I guess NCAA March Madness is, you know, having to look itself in the mirror also and make some serious decisions. Yeah, but I'm not going to jump the gun. Let's see no, what, neither let's see am I. Yeah, neither but- am I. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. We're t- Literally, we're taking things one day at a time. I mean, <laughs> one half hour at right. a time. This, this is day. the most fluid situation I think any of us have ever found ourselves in. I'm going to re- I'm going to just remind our listeners that we're looking here for everyone to take caution and not to take panic. Right. Right? That's it. Stop hoarding toilet paper. I don't know what that is about, but what'd you just do? Something just got very hot this <laughs> yeah, morning. Something really yeah, hot. something just got really hot. I don't know what it is about the whole toilet paper craze. I got to be honest with you. Do we not make toilet paper here in the United States? People are like, oh, it comes from China. So we all need toilet I'm like, do we not make toilet paper here? I don't understand. I really don't. And also, I don't understand what the water bottle craze is is, is over. We, we all have water in our sinks coming out of our faucets. Why do I need to buy more Poland Spring? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like that stuff should not be affected. Right. There are certain things that should not be affected, but I think that like go-to people just get nervous and- um, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. There are certain things I understand and certain things I don't understand, but um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we're literally taking things one day at a time. All right. Let's do a fortune cookie. Yoni, this better be fortunate. I think we need a good fortune cookie today. Let's. Are we really? I mean, I'm hoping for a good fortune today. I think everyone is hoping for a good fortune today. You know, by the way, if they close down the lottery, like if somebody decides that, you know, because oh, right. nobody's <laughs> buying tickets. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. St- well, this is an interesting fortune. Statistics are no substitute for judgment. Yeah, exactly. Hence the toilet paper run. Just because statistically people are going out and raiding stores of toilet paper doesn't mean we should all be stockpiling toilet paper. Statistics are no substitute for judgment. I love this. This happens to be also very good for sports. I mean, there are are a lot of uh, traditional sports fans that are not into like whole analytics side and statistics side of baseball. or, Or it's mainly baseball these days, but other sports. 
And they say, you know, there's an eye test. There's a certain, you know, an eye test. You know, there's 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 numbers. Like the there's statistics doctor? that tell you something, and oh, then there's oh, the oh, eyes oh, that, oh, oh. and you know, in your heart and your mind that that you know. Got it. Also, should lend to certain decisions, not just numbers. Okay. All right. I hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of eye test, I think that this we're we're actually my guest who's no. on hold. One second, I'll introduce her. Just give me a second. Yeah. My guest who's on hold has that innate. I mean, that skill. It's a skill set, right? Yeah. It's like a gut. Hundred percent. Right. So. So um, that's an interesting, we'll talk about in a second how that speaks to my next guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I'm actually joined by somebody I happen to like a lot for so many different reasons. I don't even think she knows why I like her so much, but, um, but she's about to find out. Alicia Wilbur joins us this morning, calling in from California. She's an assistant winemaker for Herzog Wine Cellars. She joined Herzog Wine Cellars in 2013. She's a certified sommelier and holds a degree in enology and a minor in chemistry from California State University, Fresno. She literally could work anywhere. I mean, she could work anywhere, but she loves creating Herzog wines that sit on tables at so many family events. She is responsible for the Variations series, as well as the sought-after brand. I'm going to kill this, and and I apologize in advance, Alicia. You say it. Jeunesse. (laughs) Jeunesse. Okay. And Alicia believes that wine is for everyone and that people should drink what they enjoy most, no matter what the industry rules say. Alicia Wilbur, welcome to That's Life. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? I am very, very well. I hope you're staying safe. We're staying safe. We are. Exactly. Um, so I, I, let me tell you one of the reasons I like you so much. First of all, you have a you have such an interesting story in that you are a from woman who's a sommelier. You're an Orthodox woman who was hired by Herzog. With your background, I get it. Trust me, I get it. But where in the world, where in the world does a from woman turn at some point or another and say, you know what, I love wine so much, I am going to become a certified sommelier? Uh, That's a good question. It happened after I actually studied winemaking, and it was really something that happened um, after I had some children and I was trying to get back into the industry, and I didn't want to go back to work and not work in a related field, and I was living on the East Coast at that time, not near any wineries. So it was a way to get back into the wine industry after having children um, that wouldn't require actually working in a winery. So that's where that came from. Wow, very interesting. It's funny how you know we as women and then as mothers look at our you know new familial makeup because it's obviously such a life-changing experience having children and then adjusting your life accordingly but remembering that there was still a part of you before kids came around and being able to speak to that and find something with which you're passionate about which you're passionate is is really must be very gratifying very gratifying and i and i have to say when i was living in new york i was a wine director for a restaurant and I was able to keep Shabbos. Like when I interviewed for the job, I said, look, I can't work, you know, Friday and Saturday because of my religion and um, I can't wear your uniform. I have to wear a skirt and this whole thing. And they were very accommodating and it was it was very good for, for my career and for me personally to be able to have that experience. That's that's incredible. Alicia Wilbur joins us. She's an assistant winemaker and a certified sommelier at Herzog Wine Cellars. What, so when did you move to California? I'm from California, so I was born and raised here. Um, and my husband and I, right after I graduated from Fresno in 2008, moved to 
Wisconsin for his work, and then from Wisconsin we moved to New York, where he's from, also for his work, and then we moved back to California for Herzog in 2013. Wow, you're literally wandering Jews. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're bringing new wines home... And I imagine that your family is used to you bringing your work home, right? Yes, yes. So tell me what they're like, what the, how you introduce a new wine to your family. I mean, forget that we bring wines home and we put them on our table. We don't know what we're talking about. At least I'm talking about me and Yoni. We have no idea what we're talking about in terms of wine. When you bring a new wine home to your family, what, is, what does that look like? I, the same that it looks like for you. I bring it home. I don't say anything about it. And I let the family uh, try it. And, and I want to hear what they have to say. And how old are your kids? Do your kids have, uh, you know, an elevated palate that at this point they're saying things like notes and hints? They do. Um, (laughs) My children are young. My children are uh, 12, 10, and 7. And my 10-year-old actually has the most uh, expressive and developed palate. He's really able to pull out notes in a way that my other kids can't, um, which is really funny. And enjoyable, and they do it with everything. They do it with chocolate. They do it with food. They do it with um, with everything, really. And they help me in the kitchen, so they're familiar with those terms because we use them. That's fabulous. You know, all over, not just with wine. That's absolutely fab- fabulous. I hope you realize you're really. I mean, you're doing them a total service. <laughs> like you know, you're you're de- you're. I always felt like having adult, and I use that term loosely, conversations with my kids only made them, you know, just expanded their their horizons. And so here, you already see that having conversations and using certain terminologies with your kids is spilling over, and no pun intended, spilling over into other areas that really, you know, again, allows them to interact in at a higher level. Definitely. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Alicia Wilbur joins us here at That's Life. Again, she works for Herzog Wine Cellars. She's a certified sommelier. How do you become a certified sommelier? Uh, you work through the Court of Master Sommeliers. There are basically four levels. The, there's an introductory level, which is level one. There's the certified level, which is level two. There's the advanced level, level three. And then there's a master sommelier, which is level four. And uh, you do a lot of study. You taste a lot of wine and um you take some tests and you become a certified sommelier. I don't have any desire to become advanced or a master if anybody is going to ask that question. <laughs> Why is that? Um, it's a little too much work. I have a lot to do here that is very exciting, and, and I, I like to focus on what I'm doing right now here. That That's okay. You know what? You got to know yourself. That's for sure. And also, um, let's give a shout out to Herzog. I mean, there are there have to be other... Air, let's let's put this carefully. There have to be other kosher areas that would not, you know, kosher wine areas or kosher wine experts or or winemakers who would not have been open to a woman sommelier. Maybe I think unfortunately there's a lot of myth surrounding women working in the kosher field in in any field. Interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of misconception in that as well. Um, but I hope that people, you know, I don't know. Have you been to Arizona in California? Have you been to our facility? I have not. We've talked about it a million times, but we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So because we're kosher, we're not set up like, say, a winery in Napa where you can just walk through everywhere. Right. So um, we're double level, and then the second level has all these windows. So you can, like, see into the cellar, and you can see into the lab, and you can see into the bottling facility because we kind of have to keep we have to keep um, people separate from the kosher facility. Sure. 
So there's a window, a couple windows looking into the lab, which is where I spend most of my time if I'm not down in the cellar. And I think it's great that people can see me walking around and I don't wear a shaitel or a wig to work very specifically. I wear um, a head wrap because I want people to know if they don't uh, know that I'm kosher. You know, right. it's easy. It's not so easy <laughs> to tell if someone's wearing a wig right? if you don't know what you're looking for. So um, I'm always walking around either in my my big welly boots, my, my rubber boots and my tickle um, or my lab coat. So I think it's great that people have the opportunity to see me look the way I do doing the work that I'm doing. I think that's fabulous. It, it doesn't, the truth of the matter is, is that as I've, I continue to go, um, every time Gabe Geller invites us basically to another wine tasting um, for a different winery, we go. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just so much fun. And so I've become less surprised, and this speaks to your point, less surprised with how many women I meet from different wineries, specifically in Israel, when we go to these wine events. And when we went to KFWE, which, as I'm thinking about, is probably the last mass group event <laughs> that I will have been at for a while, or any of us for that matter, um, it, it, it didn't surprise me anymore how many women... Um, how many women I ran into or how many women were working the event, um, not as pourers necessarily, but as spokespeople for different wineries. So I, I hear your point. Yeah, it's it's definitely not anything new. There are quite a few women in Israel, especially that are working in prominent positions in viticulture and winemaking in right. agriculture and, you know, in a lot of different faculties, basically. Well, it's good to know that this is an industry where an Orthodox woman can thrive. And I say that wholeheartedly. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Alicia Wilbur joins us. She's assistant winemaker for Herzog Wine Cellars. Let's talk about Pesach and and not the stressful parts of Pesach. Let's talk about wine for Pesach. Do, Do people ask you what kind of a wine is good for an entire family, not something, let's say, quote unquote, that men are particular to or that a woman is particular to but wines that are that are fun for the whole family yes so what are we looking at in that category uh so the good thing about herzog is that we we make wine at every price point and we make wine in all these different categories from dry to sweet from bubbly to still so there's really something that you can find for everybody um, and if you're going to go do the four cups and, and move through colors or, or however you want to do that, um, I would start with the Baron Herzog line. I think we are growing um, some of the best Chenin Blanc, if not the best Chenin Blanc in California, um, which we grow up in the Sacramento Delta area. And you can find that being bottled as Baron Herzog Chenin. It's also very affordable. Um, if you want to move into something a little more sophisticated or something that um, has a little more cachet. The Lineage line, the Sauvignon Blanc that was just released is fantastic. It's really beautiful. And the Rosé that was just released is also really beautiful. Both of those are dry, so there's no sweetness to those. And then, of course, you can get into the Alexander Valley Cabernet, which I think is a great hit for the Seder. Um, Obviously, I think the variations and the jeunesse are going to be good um, for everybody because they tend to appeal to all different palates. And I think, you you know, like anything, you have to drink what you like. Right. And by the way, I give you a lot of credit for that also. I mean, there are plenty of um, experts in the wine industry who are 
steadfast in their white goes with chicken and with fish mantra and red goes with, you know, bold meats or et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you're saying drink what you like. Yes, 100 percent. There's a um, is, is there a myth? Is it a myth that certain wines go better or is it or or does that not if there's truth to it? Does that not matter at the end of the day in terms of the client's personal experience with the wine? Uh, there's truth to both of those things. There, there are obviously going to be better pairings um, if you want to get into it from like a from a taste and chemical standpoint. There are going to be better pairings, but at the end of the day, what matters most is your enjoyment of a product. And right. if you are with people that you love, and <laughs> you know you're having this experience, and you're drinking something you love and eating something you love, it, it matters more the story around it, the situation around it, than it does necessarily what exactly it is you're drinking or eating. That's really good advice. I also just want to mention, by the way, and I, a, a total shout out to Kedem for this. Um, I went to Costco this week and already bought all of my Kedem grape juice <laughs> for for the Sidarim. And um, there are there there's something about putting that Kedem grape juice on my table that makes the holiday, um, you know, and, and sort of says like, I have my shmura matzah, I have my this, I have my that, I have my Kedem grape juice. But the accessibility, the fact that it's being offered at a bulk price for those people who, you know, have a Costco card, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that it is ma- being made accessible at a reasonable price to to you know clients and to to patrons all over the world really speaks volumes in my opinion about the Herzogs in general. I buy my Ketam at Costco too. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a you know it's it's um it's appreciated. I, I think I should say that on behalf of the consumer. It's appreciated. I agree. I, I love that it's accessible. Yeah, I, I love that it's accessible also. Um, I'm going to ask you what your favorite wine is at this moment. Am I allowed to ask you that? Well, you're allowed to ask it, but it's like asking who your favorite child is. It's I know, but we, but we talked about off the air already. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I won't ask you for any favorites. That's not a problem. But in general, when we're talking about moving, you're, you're putting something on your table. What are three bottles that you most likely have on your table? Uh, Ketam grape juice because I have young children. Right. Um, probably a Alexander Valley Cabernet and um, a Sauvignon Blanc. And those are all out of California, right? Yes. And if I'm not going to be in California, I'm going to be hitting over uh, champagne and getting into some bubbly. Not, you know what I've been drinking a lot of? I mean, I don't know if I want to talk about this on the air, but since I brought it up, you know what I've been drinking a lot? The the rosé, the Bartonua ro- sparkling rosé. That's so much fun. Oh, I love my that God. Bottle. It's fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous. And, and the fact that it's pink, it just puts everybody in a good mood. I mean, <laughs> I can't even. It's a great bottle of wine. that, And it doesn't retail for a lot of money. And it just adds, uh, like, that 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 sparkle really just adds a tremendous amount. I, 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 I got to tell you, I bought a case of it. And we've been enjoying it at the Walla Castle. <laughs> It's a really fun wine. I, I like it a lot. I agree with you. Alicia Wilbur has joined us this morning. Alicia, I want to thank you. I want to wish you a happy and a healthy Pesach. And as I joked before, a happy and a healthy Thursday and a happy and healthy Friday. And um, on behalf of everyone who enjoys so many different Herzog wines all year round, I really just thank you for, for everything you do for the community. 
Oh, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure completely. Absolutely my pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And our programming continues. Live lunch here in just a few mo- in just a few moments. Nahum, Yoni, and I are all here in the studio. Talk about lots of different things. We have so much to discuss. Don't miss a minute of it. And then, of course, the afternoon continues. Throwback Thursday is at 1 p.m. Encore of JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos show, hosted by Mark Zomik, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM Name from 6 to 9 a.m. And at the conclusion of JM Name, join Naomi for Table for Two. And then stay tuned as you enjoy the encore of the Arab Shabbos show, followed by the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix up until candlelighting here in the New York area. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull. This is Motsay Shabbat starting at 9 p.m. Matas hosts JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Yossi Klein Halevi on Facebook this morning posted Idan Reichel's Mimama Kim. It is a live version. It's a great version, and it certainly seems appropriate for the times that we are in right now. I wish everyone a happy and a healthy Thursday. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Yeah. 